everybody, welcome to Geekabod's Weird Wrestling. And tonight we're going to be talking about our five favorite gimmicks of all time. Alrighty then. Uh, we're also going to give you a special announcement about something cool that's really coming up soon. So stay tuned for that message too. And this may be a two-parter here when we come back for the next Weird Wrestling here in a few weeks from now. So depending how long we go here. So a lot of interesting characters to talk about. But before we get into it, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our friends at Rumor Sports Bar and Casino. They're located right here in the Grand Cities Mall. Open every day from 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. And they are the place to go to now that especially it's football season. they got wall-to-wall TVs on there. So they're, and the staff there, they'll gladly put on whatever game you request them to. So uh, on Sunday afternoons, there's a several games going on at once they'll gladly put it at whatever one you requested to and if you're feeling lucky want to place a bet they're the only place in town authorized for horse race betting and they also got bingo electronic pull tabs and traditional pull tabs home of their legendary famous beer tower and also have a bunch of six dollar express lunch specials and on mondays it's dj trivia night so all kinds of awesome specials and just happenings going on at rumor sports bar and casino you can find them in the grand cities mall open every day from 11 a.m to 2 a.m i'm gonna get me some sketch <laughs> <laughs> so top we got, we're covering about our top five uh, favorite gimmick-based characters. Not all-time favorite wrestlers, but gimmick-based characters. So I don't know if you want to set the stage for what that may entail. Well, you know, for people who, who don't realize this, a gimmick is like a character that someone plays. Yep. And it's kind of like their, their, uh, their, their patent on, on, you know, who they are. Like, I'll give an example. Like, Seamus is like the Celtic warrior. That's basically his identity, you know, this Irish big brute guy. But, you know, unfortunately, he wrestles with a people called the Brawling Brutes, and they're awesome, you know. Or like the Viking Raiders, for anyone who watches SmackDown. They act like Vikings and dress like Vikings. So that's basically what a gimmick is. Yep, the character and some wrestlers are more like amped up versions of their own personalities. We don't get as many like character based, gimmick based wrestlers nowadays. We get some, but not as many as we used not, to. Not as many as you used to, because you used to have like people like Doink and Dink and uh, Eugene, uh, John, or what's his Nick name? Nick Dinsmore. Nick Dinsmore. Actually, Nick Dinsmore runs a wrestling school in South Dakota. Um, which I was thinking of going to, but. So, would you like to kick things off with uh, one of your characters you'd like to talk about for your favorite gimmick characters? I'd like to talk about Mick Foley to begin with. All right, so Mick Foley, he had a few gimmicks. Which one would you like to do, or just all-encompassing? I like, they're all-encompassing, but I like Cactus Jack, because Vince McMahon thought Cactus Jack was sleazy, because he did the deathmatch wrestling, and... The hardcore stuff, and he's the—I think he's the one who actually brought like thumbtacks and barbed wire into the WWE. Yeah, that sounds about right. That just that legendary Hell in a Cell match from uh, King of the Ring '98 with Undertaker. I—I I, I want to say that's almost for sure. Well, the, what about the street fight with Triple H? I was going to say I want to say to the best of my memory in WWF, I believe that is the debut of uh, Table Spot, where he did a pile driver with. Uh, uh, to Triple H, right, uh, uh, through a table there. And I think that's, to the best of my memory, the first uh, table spot. Not including announcer table spots, but through an actual folding table, uh, you know, did a move through a table, and the first of hundreds in years to come. And then the thumbtacks. I absolutely love thumbtacks. There's actually a match in Japan, though, 
where they have balloons that are filled with thumbtacks and the wrestlers wrestle without shoes on. And the balloons explode at like in intervals and they get more and more thumbtacks on the ring until the ring is covered in thumbtacks and they're basically walking on them. You've, you've heard of that, right? Yeah, it's actually very, it's a, it's a great segue bringing up the Japanese deathmatch wrestling because before Mick Foley debuted that in America, the whole, uh, in WWF and, and really working into his ECW run there, the whole deathmatch wrestling with attacks and weapons and all that. Yeah, we'll build the suspense to it. Uh, he really got, got, got his uh, foot in the door with that type of wrestling in Japan with Terry Funk. Oh, the Funker, a great guy, middle-aged and crazy, man, middle-aged and crazy. And he actually won the ECW world title, I think it was against Raven. Their first pay-per-view, barely legal. And he won He won the belt, even though he was like 50-some years old. And He actually had a good match with Sabu that was a barbed wire match, no-rope barbed wire match in ECW. That was a very, very intense match. Uh, I want to say it was a good match. It was definitely a gruesome match. Uh, that, if I recall right, they got so entangled in barbed wire that they pretty much almost had to like, cut them out, cold cut the match. They just kind of stopped it in the middle of it, or they did just a quick fluke pinfall because they had to get the wire cutters in there just to free them up. So, yeah, that was, a, that was definitely a big moment in, for, for Mick Foley and Cactus Jack and his run there. If we're going to talk about Mick Foley, though, we must talk about the fire chair. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we he, fresh he, people on that? He used to take a chair and start it on fire. He'd put a rag on the chair. And one time he was swinging it at Terry Funk, and it landed on Terry Funk's back and basically started him on fire. And they had to chase after Terry Funk because he was running around the ring. So... Oh, yeah, those are some really good details from just Mick Foley and his Cactus Jack days. Just... What about Dude Love? Anybody here remember Dude Love? No, he he had a couple short little runs in WWF, but they were so pivotal. Wasn't he the corporate dude for a while? Yep, the Cor- corporate dude. Well, actually, Dude Love was uh, Mick Foley's original alter ego because he came about in a backyard wrestling match when Mick Foley was like 16 or 17. They made a film called The Loved One. Yeah, Mick Foley, he did like a little homemade do-it-yourself indie movie with his buddies. And yeah, I know you, Aki, read Mick Foley's autobiographies as well. And uh, he talked about how for the longest time, that movie was only shown to a select like couple dozen people, close close friends and family there. And uh, But it eventually he, he worked that video into an angle in his run in WWF and on how he created the dude love character in that homemade indie movie and they worked that where he was like the 70s just big time hit with Pam the ladies character yeah. and uh kind of like out of right out of that 70s show and well it, here, here's the last thing i'll say about dude love he actually said they made me dance with scantily clad women in front of my wife or my kids and he did a great iconic dance slash strut that i will not do for everyone on the air here but uh youtube it you will definitely get a few kicks out of it and just imagine dude love uh doing that in the middle of a match with stone cold steve austin a legendary feud with steve austin there yes yes um we're gonna move on though if that's okay absolutely uh bray wyatt is the next one i love bray wyatt man he is one of my favorite wrestlers of the recent WWE years. And that's a great pick for a great gimmick because, well, just for the several years he was in WWE. Uh, he was he, in the Wyatt family, which was just a total cult. Yeah, I was going to say that character had like several big uh, evolutions to it. So and which the, part of it stood out the most to you? I like the Firefly Funhouse part. 
Oh, because yeah. he had all the little puppets like the sister Abigail and Mercy the Buzzard. And there's a few more, but I can't remember their names. And he actually said in some of his, his vignettes as, uh, as just Bray Wyatt instead of Bray Wyatt, head of the Wyatt family, he'd say like, oh, well, that Bray Wyatt's a bad man. You know, you don't want to mess with him. And then he went totally nuts and became the fiend. But the th- good the, the weird part about The Fiend is the mask was made by a, a special makeup effects guru named Tom Savini. I probably mentioned him on here before. So Someone that specialized in masks for Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. He did uh, Dawn of the Dead, I believe. Wow. So, yeah, that's cool. They makeup. went all out. I mean, it was a pretty creepy mask, and I imagine they must have sold a lot of merch based off it, too. That character went some places. It had such huge potential, but they kind of, WWE booking blew it on them. On multiple occasions, uh, they didn't really know. It seemed like they knew what direction they go with him. They had he, they had several interesting start stops with him. On how did you like how they would like intentionally like dim the lights and then like for most of his matches they had this weird red creepy lighting to it. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that kind of made it a little spooky atmosphere. Well, it, you know, they used to call like uh, Wyatt family fans fireflies. Yep. Because they'd like light their lighters during or phones, when, wave them up when you know. when the Wyatt family was coming out, and you got the rocking chair. That's just classic. Yeah, that's more like uh, the more of the back door uh, uh, or the backwoods uh, part of his character. That was that 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 part of his character was just as interesting too. I thought, yeah, and like well, that, know, he, the whole Wyatt family. He was like a manager originally. He didn't really wrestle. He'd come in and do the sister Abigail move, but that was about it for a while. You know, there was a while where he didn't wrestle. He just came out with, uh, who was the other guy? Eric Rowe. Eric Rowan, Luke Harper. Yeah, he'd just come out with them, and they'd just do the, the dirty work. And Yeah, they had, I love those promos introducing them, and they had some great rivalries, too. With Remember uh, the Let Him In? Yep. From the fire, like the Firefly Funhouse started getting really weird and dark, and then they'd cut out to these venuettes that said Let Him In, and it was kind of introducing The Fiend. I really like that part where they had Randy Orton in the group for a bit there, and he was like this extended undercover uh, storyline with Randy Orton in, inside the Wyatt family, and eventually he turned on him and burned down the Sister Abigail household or so that had was, like the spirit of Sister Abigail. Wasn't Daniel Bryan a member of uh, the Wyatt family for a while? I very, very briefly. He like lost a match where he was, where the stipulation was if he lost, he would be allowed in, but then the fans were turning on that storyline so much. It, it was all part of the months leading up to his uh wrestlemania main event so he kind of they switched arcs where he got out of it within a week or two and he ended up on the path to headlining wrestlemania in 2014 so yeah that's bray wyatt for you yeah we could talk more about him but we need to move on yeah which character would you like to do next happy corbin I know I mean, he's a favorite he, of yours. He is a favorite of mine. I just love Happy Corbin. You know, he's just so he's just such a a jerk. Now, you know, do you want to encompass all of Baron Corbin's characters and, like and we gimmicks, did with Mick or, Foley. Or, or just the Happy Corbin part of his character? No, no, it, it, it's 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 an evolution. Mm-hmm. So you need to talk about the whole thing. Yeah, he had an interesting path on how he got there. Uh, he was originally King Corbin. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, first he was Baron Corbin, and then he won the the King of the Ring. When, right or no, was it Shinsuke was, that won it? And he won. He won the crown from Shinsuke. He, no, no, Shinsuke won the crown from Corbin. Oh, okay, gotcha. Because uh, he was originally called King Corbin, and then Shinsuke Nakamura won the crown from him, and he went into like this uh, depression. Yeah, yeah, that was. And an then he was under like ten, ten class ten bankruptcy or something like that. 
and basically he was asking the fans for money. Well, the best part was he would like say he said how like his his wife left him and like he was down to just eating spaghetti, spaghetti out of a can that he spilled on his shirt, but he couldn't afford enough money to get the shirt dry clean. So he was, well, I remember WD was WWE was thinking of firing him for a while because of like his how he dressed. Well, there was a lot of fan backlash for him for a while there, but he he turned it around with that whole Happy Corbin character. Yeah, he he like became like this debonair, you know. And as as they said in one of the, I forget what it was, it was one of the pay per views. They said this man looks like he's he's going to Tommy Bahamas funeral. I th- it might have been Madcap Moss who said that. Yeah, how did you like the whole Madcap Moss sidekick character to it? That was cool, but then Corbin was a jerk and Madcap Moss. I know I would tell, yeah, for those that don't remember, he was with Happy Corbin for, what, several months there? He'd tell these horrible pun-based jokes. Uh, what was it called? Uh, there, I know there's several I saved for family gatherings just to see how much of a groaner I could get out of, like, little nieces and nephews. and yeah. Well, and then he wore suspenders, too, and that was kind of yeah. cool. I like wearing suspenders. So. I, I, he somehow, he, he managed to keep it going there for a while, but, yeah, eventually Corbin turned on him, so... Well, Corbin really never makes friends for a long period of time, it seems like. Though I'm with you. I think this happy Corbin part of the whole uh, arc of all the various Bear and Corbin uh, uh, parts Wasn't of his he like persona a- characters, I think this is definitely the best Corbin has had for his run in WWE. Wasn't he a football player or something? Yeah, like he was like an NFL prospect. I'll say the, he was with the Cardinals or the Colts. There. And then he was also a, a boxer, if I remember right, too. Yep, yep. Bare knuckle, I think. Yeah, street fighter. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he has a little bit of a sports uh, fighting background. So, it's definitely helped with his uh, success in WWE. Of course, he had a great debut in WWE, his first official WWE main roster match, winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. Was this King Corbin still? No, he, he at first was just Baron Corbin for a few years, and then, okay. then he won the King of the Ring and became King, King Corbin. Corbin. Yeah, I was wondering where that character came from. I used to hate King Corbin, man. I used to think he was so pretentious it wasn't even funny. Yeah, not like in a good... It's fun to boo you kind of way. It's just more like in the wrestling vernacular, they call it go away heat where they don't watch them on. Like, you're, you're not entertaining at all. Get off my TV screen. <laughs> read, read my shirt to the, to the people out there. Why are you booing me? I'm right. Yes, exactly. And that thing can be said about Corbin, too. That's right. I'm wearing a Sami Zayn shirt today, so. <laughs> Got all the love for Sami Zayn. Yes. So, um... I think we're probably at a good spot to like kind of do a part two for the next weird wrestling, yes, right? Yes, that's that's exactly how I, it should go. And I know you wanted to talk about an upcoming event here coming up. As you guys have seen the uh, live pro wrestling thing behind yep. behind me here, um, it's it's Time Bomb's first ever steel cage match. Time Bomb is a bunch of awesome dudes from the Midwest. They're, That's the name of the promotion, of, right? What? That's the name of the promotion, right? Time Bomb is the name of the promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, it came from an FMW match, if I remember right, uh, that they got the, the name Time Bomb from. Um, and that's our big fourth anniversary show coming up, it right? It is their big fourth anniversary show. And it's going to have the Bone Collector, Dominic Garini, and uh, the Bounty Hunter, Brian Keith, and... Impact Wrestling star Speedball Mike Bailey and UFG NJPW star Filthy Tom Lawler. 
Yeah, so. it's, it's cool. We went to one of their shows in town here a few months ago. A nice it little, was awesome. Yeah, nice little indie kind of hardcore wrestling uh, promotion there. And they're doing a... It's like a big... You were talking to the guy uh, the other day uh, online, and he was talking about how he's currently welding the cage together, right? Yes. It's going to be yes. a big old cage match. And, you know, I think Time Bomb is one of the, one of the promotions you better watch out for because it's, I, I definitely think it has the potential to go places. And I'm, um, I'm looking on their flyer here. That date of their fourth anniversary show is October 13th. It's going to be at the Sanctuary Events Center in uh, downtown Fargo. So, yeah, and that starts at 8 p.m. So, Well, enjoy. Enjoy. Uh, if you guys want to go out there and support our local wrestling, please do so. Um, and you have a nice night, well, everyone. Before we get going, though, we want to, and before we preview next week's movie, we want to make sure to give a shout-out here to our uh, next sponsor here, Executive Properties. Our team of professionals at Executive Properties Construction have over 30 years of experience. We pride ourselves on doing quality work at a reasonable rate for our customers. Just check out what past customers have said in our amazing Google reviews. Then contact us today to get started on a bid for your next project. You can call us at 701-330-1273 or email info at executiveproperties.org. And check it out. We're hiring. We're building our new team for snow removal for this upcoming season. Contact Jess for more info at jess at executiveproperties.org. All right, Ichabod. So I, I know we got a bunch of great new shows coming up. Uh, we got October, a bunch of awesome movies to cover in October for the spooky uh, October month theme. It's, it's more not spooky. It's more whimsical. Special take on spooky. Yes. 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 Whimsical spooky. But before that, we got one more uh, movie show for uh, uh, your traditional slate for September. What are we closing off September with? Uh, we're co- closing off September with a classic horror cult full moon film called Doll Man versus Demonic Toys. So I hope you check out next week. And remember, if you don't watch my show, those giant carnivorous squids will eat you.